This is the Capital Literature Podcast, bringing you investment letters and audio. The Capital Literature Podcast is a SEBITS capital service for the investment community. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. All rights belong to the respective owners. Poland Capital Global Growth Commentary, 4th Quarter, 2021 Summary During the 4th quarter of 2021, the Poland Global Growth Composite Portfolio, the portfolio, returned 7.08% and 6.86% gross of fees and net of fees, respectively. The MSCI All Country World Index, the index, returned 6.67%. For the full year, the portfolio appreciated 17.90% and 17.07% gross and net of fees, versus 18.54% for the MSCI All Country World Index. Since its inception on January 1, 2015, the portfolio has delivered an annualized return of 17.46% and 16.53% gross and net of fees, compared to a 10.89% annualized return for the index. Therefore, the portfolio has outperformed the index by more than 500 basis points per year on average. New virus variants, additional lockdowns in some parts of the world, disruptive supply chain issues, a sharp increase in inflation, monetary policy shifts, the expectation for rising interest rates, and regulatory changes in China were some of the most significant headwinds to emerge in 2021. Despite these challenges, the portfolio was broadly in line with the index during the year. We remained focused on the long term and have aimed for balance, leaning into secular growth opportunities, as has always been the case. While our steady and disciplined approach may not stand out during value rotations or periods of ebullience, we remain steadfast in our belief that it will continue to produce solid absolute and relative returns over the long term. Seeks growth and capital preservation. Performance, percent, as of December 31, 2021. Poland Global Growth, Gross. 7.08% quarter YTD 17.90%. Since inception 17.46%. Poland Global Growth, Net, 6.86% quarter YTD 17.07%. Since inception 16.53%. Commentary. During the fourth quarter, the Poland Global Growth Composite Portfolio, the portfolio, returned 7.08% and 6.86% gross of fees and net of fees, respectively. In turn, the MSCI All Country World Index, the index, returned 6.67%. For the full year, the portfolio appreciated 17.90% and 17.07% gross and net of fees, versus 18.54% for the MSCI All Country World Index. Thus, the portfolio was broadly in line with the index during both periods. Since its inception on January 1, 2015, the portfolio has delivered an annualized return of 17.46% and 16.53% gross and net of fees, compared to a 10.89% annualized return for the index. Therefore, the portfolio has outperformed the index by more than 500 basis points per year on average. On a cumulative basis, the portfolio has returned 208.61% and 191.79% gross and net of fees versus 106.39% for the index since inception. While 2020 remains one of the more volatile years in recent memory, the lingering effects of the COVID-19 pandemic and the policy actions taken in response have created interesting new dynamics to navigate in 2021 and beyond. New virus variants, additional lockdowns in some parts of the world, 
meaningful supply chain issues, a sharp increase in inflation, monetary policy shifts, and the expectation for rising interest rates were some of the most significant issues to emerge in 2021. Additionally, Chinese regulatory actions and a concurrent deceleration of growth in the second-largest economy in the world also impacted global markets. Despite these challenges, the index was up 18.54% in 2021, on the heels of a 16.27% return in 2020. Similarly, most markets around the world have seen solid returns. While China had negative returns this year and emerging markets more broadly have struggled, the US has been particularly robust. During the past three years, almost all markets have seen double-digit returns despite the significant global challenges during this period. Valuations also rose as market returns outpaced underlying earnings growth, creating yet another challenge for investors. On a positive note, with the support of stimulative monetary policies around the world, historic fiscal stimulus in response to the pandemic, and the resilience and ingenuity of people in the global business community, the global economy is enjoying demand and performing relatively well right now. This is certainly a supportive element of the market returns we've seen recently. We also believe the pandemic has accelerated many secular trends already in motion. While this has disrupted many businesses, it has also benefited many others. The valuation of most beneficiaries has risen during the past couple of years, some of which we believe is appropriate given faster growth or better secular growth prospects. However, we believe there are also cases where the story has driven valuations higher than we believe the fundamentals will ultimately support. Time will tell. As we manage the global growth portfolio through the current environment, we have remained focused on the long term and have aimed for balance. We are leaning into secular growth opportunities, as has always been the case. The portfolio was full of secular growth companies coming into the pandemic, and we've added several during the past couple of years. We aim to lean in when we find dominant businesses that meet our investment guardrails and have the wind at their back. We've been equally vigilant, though, of managing risk and managing valuations. If you look at the aggregate activity in the portfolio during 2021, you could broadly characterize most of our actions into one of those two buckets. In terms of managing risk in 2021, the sale of our positions in Alibaba and Tencent are probably the best examples. We own both companies since the inception of the global growth strategy at the beginning of 2015, having an overweight in China as a result. Despite the recent share price declines, prior to our sale in July 2021, we earned a compound rate of return of almost 10% on Alibaba from initial purchase to our final sale more than six and a half years later. We earned a greater than 20% compound rate of return on Tencent during the same period. We won't discuss it in detail here since we provided our rationale for selling both positions in our 3Q 2021 commentary, but in short, when the facts change or new risks emerge, we adjust. We are aiming to construct a portfolio that can deliver mid-teens earnings per share growth over the long term with the expectation that underlying earnings growth will ultimately support a similar investment return if we are paying reasonable valuations. Given our global opportunity set, we decided to reallocate capital into businesses we believe are likely to produce similar earnings growth over the next five years with a greater degree of certainty. No extra points are awarded for degree of difficulty in investing. In fact, we think taking on more risk is likely to reduce returns, and China is certainly difficult right now. We were not able to avoid share price declines in reaction to changing regulatory dynamics in China, but we were able to limit additional losses by acting swiftly. Managing valuations while leaning into secular growth opportunities has also been a balancing act. As noted above and in many prior commentaries, we believe the pandemic accelerated many secular trends, online and omni-channel commerce, digital advertising and marketing, digital payments, digital dentistry, cloud, software as a service, social, mobile, 
gaming and others, and has made businesses we believe to be positioned to capitalize on those trends even more attractive. This has not been lost on the market and we've seen valuations rise as a result, with the technology sector being a key beneficiary. We own our share of beneficiaries like Microsoft, Adobe, Alphabet, and Accenture, and have selectively added a few more to the portfolio during the past couple of years, but we have remained disciplined around valuation. Amazon stands out as a business that we added this year at a higher valuation, because we believe the long-term growth opportunity supports it, but each of our other ads during the year were to businesses that, in our opinion, offer solid long-term growth prospects at reasonable, if not attractive, valuations. We added Aon and Icon at roughly 20x and 25x, respectively, and increased our investments in Visa and MasterCard late in the year at roughly 30x forward earnings estimates, which remain depressed from a lack of cross-border travel. While it's difficult to predict the level of recovery near-term, we feel quite confident that travel will ultimately resume given our 5-plus-year investment horizon. We have also been very disciplined on the valuations within the portfolio, selling Coloplast, Zoetis and Estee Lauder this year, based almost exclusively on valuation. We think each of these businesses is among the best in the world and is performing well, but with each stock trading at more than 40x, we thought other investments offered greater long-term return prospects. We use the proceeds of these liquidations as funding capital for the investments noted above. In most trades, we were able to lower the portfolio's multiple while increasing its long-term growth prospects. While our steady and disciplined approach may not stand out during value rotations or periods of ebullience, which the market has vacillated between in recent years, we remain steadfast in the belief that our approach will continue to produce solid absolute and relative returns over the long term. Portfolio Performance and Attribution The portfolio delivered positive results for the fourth quarter and full year, roughly in line with the index during both periods. Information technology was a notable performer throughout the year, but otherwise there is little to highlight from a sector perspective. From a factor perspective, profitability was a key driver during the quarter, as we lapped the rotation to more cyclical and earnings-impaired businesses, which started in the fourth quarter of 2020. From a global perspective, developed markets, particularly the US and Western Europe, outperformed their emerging markets counterparts, as the underperformance of Chinese equities weighed down on emerging markets. This was partially the result of lower-than-expected economic growth estimates for China and a series of swift regulatory crackdowns by the Chinese Communist Party, CCP, which sparked volatility and added pressure to global markets. In terms of individual companies, Microsoft, Accenture, and Icon were the top absolute contributors during the quarter. Meanwhile, Alphabet, Microsoft, and Accenture represented the top performers during the full year. Microsoft continued to deliver robust results during both the quarter and year, benefiting from its competitively advantaged position at the intersection of multiple secular headwinds. In addition, many of Microsoft's business segments have benefited, and we believe should continue to benefit, from the COVID environment, notably Microsoft 365, Teams, Azure, Windows Virtual Desktop and Security, Windows OS, Surface and Gaming. That said, after growing to nearly 10% of the portfolio, we feel it is more appropriately weighted at 8%, where it still represents one of our largest positions. Like Microsoft, Accenture also continued to deliver solid performance during the past year and quarter, benefiting from multiple secular tailwinds and becoming an even stronger enterprise because of the pandemic. Accenture continued to generate unprecedented growth and is likely executing at the highest levels in its history as a public company, recording three straight quarters or reported revenue growth over 20%. Just as impressively, the growth is incredibly broad-based. Performance is being seen across every dimension of the business, geographically, vertically, by service type, 
and by strategic priority. Since its addition to the portfolio in September, ICON has performed well on the back of additional demand for ICON services, which include the planning, enrollment in and efficient execution of drug trials for biotech, pharmaceutical and medical device companies. Alphabet shares also appreciated throughout the year, helped by a rebound in ad spending in 2021. In contrast, the three leading absolute detractors during the fourth quarter included PayPal, Adidas, and Visa. In turn, Adidas, Tencent, and Alibaba represented the leading detractors for the full year. PayPal was the most notable underperformer during the fourth quarter. While the business continues to grow robustly even against difficult comparisons with 2020, the recent share price pressure seemed to stem from two issues. First, management raised its 2021 revenue and earnings guidance early in the year, only to reduce it back to its original guidance, which surprised investors. While actual earnings growth has been in line with their original expectations, the guidance reduction also came after it surfaced that PayPal was interested in potentially acquiring Pinterest. This would have been a large deal with questionable strategic rationale, so it seems logical that some would question whether management was seeking a deal in response to weakness in the business. The subsequent guidance reduction only fed that concern. In response, the company publicly stated that it was examining a potential deal but hadn't even initiated the due diligence process. However, the media portrayed the story as though PayPal had made much more progress with the potential deal. We do not see the acquisition of Pinterest as a good use of shareholder capital and would have been disappointed if management had pursued it. Still, the idea seemed to garner more attention than was necessary. Poor capital allocation, either under-investing in the core PayPal and Venmo services or wasteful acquisitions, are pre-mortem scenarios we have been concerned about with PayPal. Yet, as of today, the business is healthy and vibrant. We are maintaining our current position in PayPal but closely watching management's capital allocation. As the world's largest digital wallet and fintech company, PayPal is benefiting from secular tailwinds from e-commerce and digital payments. Adidas shares declined during the quarter and was the largest attractor for the full year. The company has grappled with the ongoing pandemic and subsequent factory closures, especially in Vietnam where it sources a substantial portion of its production. As a result, higher sourcing costs and price cuts squeezed margins. In addition, tighter lockdown restrictions in China may have impacted sales in the region, one of its largest markets. Nevertheless, Adidas has made a comeback in the US with a rise in sales and has returned to growth in Europe, and near-term results indicate that Adidas is continuing to recover from the pandemic. We continue to focus on the next five years and applaud management for navigating a tough environment while simultaneously putting a strategy in place for 2025. We believe Adidas could grow earnings at a high teens rate from 2021 to 2025 after normalizing for the extremes of COVID. Portfolio Activity We made a handful of adjustments during the fourth quarter, and portfolio turnover was roughly 25% for the full year. While still modest by most standards, we were a little more active during the year, adding three new holdings in Amazon, Aon, and Icon, and liquidating our positions in Inditex, Coloplast, Alibaba, Tencent, Zoetis, and Estee Lauder. We touched upon a few of these adjustments above and rationales were provided for each trade in prior commentaries. During the fourth quarter, we added to our positions in Align Technologies, Autodesk, and Visa and trimmed our positions in Meta and Starbucks. Most of these were relatively modest adjustments, with Facebook being a more meaningful trim. We added to Align because we think the business is performing very well and is more reasonably valued given our ongoing growth expectations. We believe the business has consistently grown more robust with each passing year of our ownership. CEO Joe Hogan has focused efforts, manpower, and capital into moat strengthening initiatives. They have consistently innovated, 
successfully expanded their global manufacturing footprint, enhanced marketing through multiple channels around the world, and used artificial intelligence to shorten the treatment planning process to highlight a few successes. These initiatives have aided in increasing returns to scale as the business has expanded. For example, during the 19 years from Align's creation to 2016, the company compounded revenue growth at a rate of 23%. From 2016 to today, that annualized revenue growth has accelerated to 29%. The business fundamentals continue to strengthen while the addressable market is still only 10% penetrated. We expect many more years of compounding from the company and believe it is trading for a fair price today. We added to both Autodesk and Visa on share price weakness. Near-term concerns have made the valuations of each company quite attractive in our view. Autodesk has consistently reported solid results, but management recently provided lower-than-expected guidance, noting supply chain issues, inflation squeezing its customer margins, global labor shortages, and complications from rolling and unpredictable COVID lockdowns globally. In aggregate, these issues mean that fewer client projects have been completed, despite high-end market demand. Ultimately, many of these productivity pressures will likely drive the need to digitize further. To be clear, much of the pressure on Autodesk's share price recently was due to expectations, not a decline in the fundamentals of the business. The company continues to grow revenues at greater than mid-teens rates while simultaneously enjoying record renewal rates. While each of the noted factors present real challenges in the near term, we think the lower share price provides long-term investors an opportunity. Given the secular trend towards digitization and the ever-increasing mission-critical nature of Autodesk's products, we are confident in the long-term investment case. Visa is also experiencing COVID-related pressures, primarily due to rolling lockdowns and the fact that international travel is yet to return to pre-pandemic levels. The lack of travel relative to before the pandemic has specifically impacted Visa's cross-border business, which represents roughly 10% of payment volume, but approximately 25% of gross revenues. Like Autodesk, how the near-term unfolds is hard to predict, but we are confident that international travel will return eventually. At less than 30x earnings, we don't think we're paying much for this eventuality. Further, despite continued advances in fintech and the increased popularity of cryptocurrencies, Visa and MasterCard continue to invest to protect and even expand their competitive advantages. Fintech remains a dynamic space, but we continue to believe that Visa and MasterCard scale and network of networks approach provides both companies a formidable competitive position within the payments ecosystem. We expect mid-teens or greater earnings per share growth for many years to come. We trim Starbucks as a source of funding and to edge our waiting down. While the company has managed well through a difficult environment, we recognize that lockdowns are categorically challenging for this business. Starbucks has a robust mobile order and pay platform fueled by a sophisticated app as well as a strong loyalty program, but this doesn't alter the fact that the store-based retail business is important to the company. As a result, we felt a smaller waiting was appropriate. We also trimmed Meta platforms to an average waiting. We continue to believe that Meta's core family of apps, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, is competitively advantaged and well-positioned for the future. However, CEO Mark Zuckerberg is embarking on two strategic initiatives that will impact capital allocation decisions over the next few years and, by extension, reduce earnings growth certainty. The first initiative is to retool the company's teams to make serving young adults their North Star, rather than optimizing for the larger number of older people. As Zuckerberg himself stated, this decision involves trade-offs and will likely mean the rest of Meta's community will grow more slowly than it otherwise would have. Additionally, the competition for the attention of 18-29-year-olds continues to heat up with Apple's iMessage and TikTok. 
The second initiative is to build the next computing platform to help bring the metaverse to life. This is a major area of investment for the company and an important part of Meta's strategy going forward. In 2021 alone, these investments are expected to reduce Meta's operating profit by approximately $10 billion, and Zuckerberg expects these investments to grow even further for each of the next several years. We acknowledge that Meta is well positioned to bring the metaverse to life and that success could significantly boost revenues and profits. That said, we also recognize that not only does it not exist today, but that it will likely take years and tens of billions of dollars of capital deployment to evolve into the company's stated vision. Given the uncertainty of both the timeline and capital to be deployed, we felt it was prudent to take Meta from one of our largest positions to an average weight. Outlook Markets have been ebullient despite myriad challenges during the past couple of years, and many challenges remain. While we are careful in approach, we have great confidence in our investment discipline and the businesses we own. Our focus on only owning what we believe to be the highest quality growth companies at reasonable prices leads us to concentrate the portfolio on what we think are the most differentiated and resilient businesses, businesses with the ability to work through the long list of challenges noted above. While our steady and disciplined approach may not stand out during value rotations or periods of ebullience, we remain steadfast in the belief that it will continue to produce solid absolute and relative returns over the long term. Team Update We are also pleased to announce a few promotions on the large company growth team that were effective January 1, 2022. Lauren Harmon assumed an expanded role of ESG and research analyst in recognition of her ESG work to date and her expanding responsibilities in our ESG efforts going forward. Brian Power was promoted to Director of Research. Brian has consistently delivered high-quality research, generated actionable investment ideas, and actively contributed to all research discussions. He has become a tried-and-true thought leader for the team. As Brandon Ladoff relinquishes his role as Director of Research, he continues co-managing the Focus Growth Portfolio and takes on a new role as Director of Sustainable Investing. Brandon has been instrumental in leading our efforts to better articulate how ESG is integrated into our investment approach to date and will now take a formal leadership role in our ongoing efforts. Thank you for your interest in Poland Capital and the Global Growth Strategy. Please feel free to contact us with any questions. Sincerely, Damon Ficklin and Jeff Mueller.